Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue from Instagram and Twitter. Joined by two guests today. Two guests uh, to talk about the Broncos and, you know, the outlook, outlook of the season and how the season's gone so far. Uh, couldn't be more pumped. Um, the Broncos stand at 2-3 and three right now. Um, I'm joined by my guests Noah and Charlie today. Um, how are you guys doing on this fine evening? Oh, I'm no. all right. How about yeah. you? Uh, doing pretty well. I think we uh, recovered from that uh, Broncos loss. Um, you know, a few days to kind of let, let it sink in, um, watch film, the All-22 um, and whatnot. Um, you know, looking looking at it in hindsight, obviously not not the outcome that we wanted, especially against a poor Colts team. And, you know, in the previous episode, we, we recapped this game, but there's pl- there's plenty of good things to go off of. And I feel like we, we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. And, um, you know, it was just kind of one of those off days for Russell Wilson. And we're going to kind of talk about this. Russell Wilson did suffer an injury um, in the game previous to that, um, which kind of ties in with what I want to go over right now. Um, the Broncos, man, they are easily by far the most injured, injured team in the NFL, just extremely unlucky. And they come out of this game against the Colts with um, more numerous injuries, just very impactful injuries that are going to hurt this team down the road. But it's kind of, we have to adopt that next man up uh, mentality. Um, just looking at the full list of injuries for the Broncos, um, just to give other NFL fans and, you know, all Broncos fans um, – you know, a look at how seriously injured we are as a, as a group. We have Tim Patrick, starting wide receiver, who was getting really good uh, chemistry with Russell Wilson, out for the season, ACL injury. Garrett Bowles broke his leg. He's out for the season. Ronald Darby suffered an ACL tear. He is out for the season. Very impactful uh, injury there. DeMar Mathis will have to step up. Jamar, Javante Williams, excuse me, ACL injury, out for the season. Justin Simmons, quad injury. He is back, though. We will get to that. Randy Gregory, knee injury. He is going to be out for numerous weeks. Josie Jewell has suffered uh, a knee injury uh, and can miss a few games this season. Baron Browning, wrist injury. Michael O.J. Mudia, who is back, he missed uh, the whole beginning of the first five games of the season with an elbow injury. We have Greg Dulcich, who is back but and has completely missed a lot of the offseason workouts and the first five games of the season with the hamstring injury. Quinn Miners. Um, PJ Locke, Jonathan Cooper, Jalen Virgil. It, it's just a lot. The, the list never ends. It's, it's outrageous. Um, what, what are you guys is, um, I'll start with, you Noah. what do you think about the, the outlook in these Broncos injuries? And um, obviously it's going to, it's going to hurt the team. It has a big impact, but what do you think? Like what, what, what is tying into all this? Why is it that the Broncos are suffering so many of these injuries rather than, you know, other teams. It seems like the Broncos and Niners are just always up there every year with, a, like, a numerous amount of injuries. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It seems like it's constantly every year. And it's uh, I see a lot of ACL injuries constantly. I mean, I don't know if you see that type of pattern, but, like, it's it's bad. And, I mean, I just don't know how that keeps, like, happening every single year. Tim, Tim Patrick um Javante Williams both ACL tears like how I have no clue on how that keeps happening yeah it's just really unfortunate to see um and I I, you know I like that you bring that up um ACL we've seen this injury multiple times it feels like um obviously KJ Hamler uh Cortland Sutton I believe um he he may have been an MCL but 
it's just the, the knee injuries constantly with this team. Um, and now Ronald Darby and Javante Williams, it's, it's getting outrageous. And Ronald Darby is someone who I want to touch on because he has been such an underrated player for us. Charlie, what do you think about just um, that, the cornerback room now um, post-Ronald Darby injury and how, how it's going to shape out uh, with uh, Damari Mathis, the fourth-round rookie, stepping in as a starting outside corner? Well, you mentioned about the the next man up mentality and how, you know, that's just been the culture around here for years. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, maybe he'll be someone like O.J. Mudia like a couple years ago because we, we saw flashes from him a little bit. I mean, I can probably expect the same from Demario Mathis. He played a semi-okay game versus the Colts. I mean, he didn't really let up any big plays or make any rookie mistakes, like any pass interference or like something like that. So, um. I mean, I think this whole defensive back room is going to just be A-OK because we have Justin Simmons, you know, leading the pack because I think he's a proven leader, and I think he's going to get all the defensive backs and bounce back from this injury that we have on the defense. Okay, Russell Wilson, someone I did not touch on, actually. Um, Very uh, unfortunate news. Broncos fans, the last thing they wanted to hear. Um, arguably one of the best players, um, if not the best player on our roster, uh, Russell Wilson, a torn latissimus dorsi. Um, that is a muscle in your shoulder. And unfortunately enough, it was on his throwing shoulder. And he goes out, flies to L.A., gets the PRP injection to uh, relieve the pain, make the recovery quicker. Um, but obviously that that's a, that's a big blow because – um, not, not only is it his throwing shoulder, but, you know, that kind of that effect that affects you long term. That's more uh, injury more commonly seen in baseball players. Um, this was suffered suffered and one of the first plays in the second quarter against the Las Vegas Raiders in week four um, in that week four loss. It's just it's unfortunate to see because when you have Russell Wilson, who you're expecting to do a lot for this team, you know, not only with the offense underperforming, the offensive line kind of steadily declining wide receivers dropping balls um, that we, you know, we didn't want to see and to, you know, see him, you know, possibly have this injury affect him uh, throughout the next few weeks is a huge blow. Um, And I I want to get your guys' opinions on this. What do you think about um, the Broncos? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is giving him, he said in his press conference today, he is giving him the thumbs up to play on Monday night against the Chargers. Do you think the Broncos are making a mistake um, playing him on Monday, and um, do you know? Obviously, they are making that decision. Do you agree with it or not? I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't play. I mean, mm-hmm. why why bring Rippin in? I mean, our, we're trying to build chemistry with our receivers, and you know, stay away from the growing pains on offense. So I think in order to do that, we just need to have Russell Wilson in there, keep getting these reps getting some game experience with the new guys, like you said, next man up again. Got some injuries on the offense as well. I think we're just going to have to keep rolling with Russ, um, no matter how severe the injury is. He got surgery to, you know, relieve the pain a little bit. But, you know, who knows if that's going to do it any justice. But I still see that it's a great fit for him to start versus the Chargers week six. I agree. I mean, you're going head-to-head against – a top 10 quarterback, Justin Herbert. I mean, it's it's a really good point. I mean, who are we going to put in Brett Rippon? Uh, sure. I mean, he did good against 
the Jets last year, if you remember that that game, uh, when I think it was Drew Locke that got hurt. But, like, Russell Wilson, but I'm worried about Russell Wilson, I want to be honest, because he doesn't seem like he has that uh, that connection with his receivers as he missed the uh, K.J. Hamler in the end zone at the end of the Colts play. I don't know if you guys saw that, but, I mean, I don't know if that's a miscommunication with the receivers or or what, but, like, I do think Russell Wilson needs to play. He needs to get feel a little better, though. I mean, you can't just throw an injured quarterback out there as well. I've seen some people, um, and even Seahawks fans, uh, suggest, to the Broncos, suggest to the Broncos fans that um, not only this season, but after – his um, thumb in- injury last uh, season with the Seahawks, he has not looked the same at all. Um, obviously, the thumb yeah, that thumb injury was on uh, his dominant right hand. Um, you guys think that he just isn't the same um, after these injuries keep you know affecting him, or do you think it's just um, sch- schematically and um, just chemistry wise with his receivers, or do you think it's a offense thing with Nathaniel Hackett what do you guys think obviously you know you Noah brings that up he just not looked like himself what do you think overall is the the main factor contributing to this uh, lack of success on offense well I for one think it's definitely you know just the style that Russell Wilson plays with and the you know offensive scheme of Nathaniel Hackett yeah and I really don't think that the thumb injury had anything to do with it because if you look at his last five games in Seattle, he finished off with 11 touchdowns and just two interceptions. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure he has like five to four right now, maybe five to three, it's four something to three. like that. It's definitely nothing like 11 to two. Four to three. But, um, yeah, I think really Hackett is really just not doing a good job like calling up plays for him, having him, you know, play it down by down. You know, trying to put him in a winning position. I don't. I just don't think he's doing a good job at that at all. I actually agree with that. Um, you, you remember? Uh, I think it was against Las Vegas. Uh, he called the uh, run play where he did uh, got the touchdown himself by rushing it. Yeah, the uh, Yeah, he called that himself. Nathaniel Hackett didn't call that apparently. Yeah. But then again, I mean, it just seems like Russell Wilson just isn't as accurate as he was i mean the best game that we've seen him in was in the las vegas game um i mean we scored the most points in that and i mean it just doesn't seem like he has his confidence you see him kind of like pump faking i don't know what he sees downfield but like it's difficult to say like does he have full confidence in his ability or what's the issue there you think with this injury that's lurking uh, on his throwing shoulder do you think um, long-term down this season, obviously he still has to not only deal with that injury but figure th- this thing out on offense. Um, do you think that lo- this throughout the rest of the season he is going to get back to his, um, uh, you know, elite top A quarterback caliber caliber play? I do. Uh, I just have faith in Russell Wilson. I mean, Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> no, let's go. But, uh, I mean, I've been a Broncos fan my whole entire life, right? We haven't had, like, any good quarterback since Peyton Manning. I remember gets the playoff drought without since 2015. It's just awful. I mean, it's an awful feeling. And, I mean, you have friends that are the Bills fans, and, like, 
also, I have a question. All right. So we could have gotten Josh Allen, right? <laughs> John Elway was not a good GM. We passed up on so many good quarterbacks. I mean, that I don't know. It's just a little crazy. But I do believe that Russell Wilson will become uh, back to his, his self. I think the injury is just a little lurking and he's trying to like uh, lead his team to uh, the highest of his ability. And I mean, it's just a little difficult while he's injured. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I mean, I think Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson at the end of the day. He, um, he was making some really good flashes in camp. Um, I think the Tim Patrick injury hurt him a lot more than the media um, would, would like to proclaim. Um, and Broncos fans don't realize because, you know, Tim Patrick, after he got injured in the offseason, everybody just kind of shifted their focus to KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton because that's you know those, those that's an that's an exciting wide uh, wide receiver trio in terms of potential. Um, but you forget about Tim Patrick, one of the most reliable receivers, not only on the Broncos but in the NFL. And reports were coming out training camp how um, effective and reliable he was with Russell Wilson. And every time Russell Wilson talked about his receivers. He kept mentioning Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick. And not only was he re- reliable for uh, for Russell Wilson, but he was also able to draw many great plays for the rest of the receivers. Um, his speed is underrated to, you know, draw, uh, draw, draw open receivers, spread the field. Um, he's just an overall complete wide receiver. I think that did play an effect to uh, Russell Wilson's kind of shaky start. Um and I think it's just chemistry. You know, me and Trayton have talked about this in past episodes. Um, the chemistry with him and Jerry Judy is just not on the same page. Um, him and KJ Hamler, obviously, he didn't even give KJ Hamler a chance to, like you said, that uh, wide open touchdown against the Colts that would have won us the game and put us at three and two. But yeah, it's just I think chemistry. Um, when we talk about Russell Wilson's uh, torn uh, latissimus dorsi, we don't. Obviously, you can't use that as a factor in his, you know, bad reads. Maybe that injury was getting into his head and just not, you know, letting him be himself. Um, that's the only thing I can see that would take into account, you know, of his bad reads and just poor decision-making. That has nothing to do with this, you know, throwing shoulder. Um, I think his accuracy issues have been a little bit a result of that injury, and I hope he's able to get back to himself. You know, Russell Wilson, you know, like you are talking about, we're going up against this next uh, – top 10, top five QB and Justin Herbert. You know, Russell Wilson's a warrior just like him. Justin Herbert came out of, uh, you know, came into uh, back in that starting quarterback spot with the Chargers despite suffering that huge um, shot to the ribs. Um, he had, like, a, issues with his uh, rib cartilage, but, you know, he came right back in the game. We know Russell Wilson's a warrior too. He really rushes back from these injuries to play for his team, to put his team in the best position possible. Um, obviously, like you guys said, Brett Rippon obviously isn't even half of it as good of a job um, or uh, good of a spot to put this team in position to win as Russell Wilson would be. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think um, Russell Wilson, I think long-term he's going to be, um, I think he's going to do enough for us to win. It's just going to be a matter of can this offense get it together. Receivers need to be more on a better page with uh, their quarterback. Um, they need to focus more on the fundamentals of catching the ball before they want to make a play. Um, but, yeah, once that once they, they can get that down, we're going to be lethal. I, I agree. Uh, but 
I want you to think about uh, what did Russell Wilson have in Seattle when he won those Super Bowls? Not only a crazy defense, but a really good run game with Marshawn Lynch, right? We don't have that anymore without Javante Williams, really. And uh, Melvin Gordon, back in the Raiders game, we were marching down the field and all of a sudden he fumbles the ball. We probably win that game if he doesn't fumble. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean that that does play a big effect, and the loss of Javante Williams obviously is a is a huge one. He was um, the front office; uh, he was believed to be the the future bell cow for this team, and now we're in kind of kind of an awkward situation where Melvin Gordon, who we did even bring back to the last second, till um, like right before free agency, um, he's this he's a starting quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry, running back for this team now. Um, obviously, Latavius Murray. Um, someone that we want to see step up big for the Broncos, who we just signed off the uh, Saints practice squad. He has to be big for us. Uh, we signed Mike Boone for a reason. Um, I thought he looked really, really good against the Colts. Um, they need to get him more touches. Um, I don't think the running back situation is as bad um, as it may seem with Williams out. Uh, obviously, Williams did really good things for our offense, but if Melvin can stop fumbling the ball, we can be a really effective team um, on the ground. Um, it yeah, just like Russell Wilson, obviously that run game's super big, but he's at that point in his career where he came to the Broncos and he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the guy who can, you know, be that quarterback that can take us to obviously winning the division. Um, he wants to be the quarterback that can make all the throws and despite whatever it may be with the circumstances of injuries or um, you know, maybe the defense doesn't play as well as it may think it may be. But, you know, our obviously our defense is top top three, um, top one in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, we're expecting big things out of him regardless of what the situation may be. Um, obviously, Super Bowl, that's an outlook that it's going to take some time. Obviously, the injuries may have set our ch- our chances way back on that. Um, and next, I want to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. So many different opinions on this guy, and I got I to gotta get you guys' thoughts on him. Um, what do you guys think about Nathaniel Hackett so far? Do you think realistically in the, you know, the back of your head, are you thinking Nathaniel Hackett is the future head coach for the, um, of this team? Um, or are you kind of having more of a patient um, virtue with Nathaniel Hackett? And do you think he's going to be someone that uh, George Payton and this offense is going to have to stick with uh, through the growing pains and um, just grow as a team and eventually put this together? Yeah, I I really do think um, Hackett's definitely going to be here for the rest of the season. But, I mean, I really don't think his job is in jeopardy right now considering, like, just not how new he is to this offense, this team, this culture. But, I mean, the bad play calling and the undisciplined undisciplined penalties, it's just I think that all really falls back on him. And he's – kind of looking a lot like Fangio right now, at least through the first couple of games with the time management and the clock management, how he wouldn't call that timeout versus the, um, in the second game. I forgot who that was against. The Texans. Texans. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. It was the Seahawks. And it led down to them, you know, scoring a game-winning field goal. So I, I just really, I don't really um care for Hackett right now. And I, I just think the um, mentality he's in is just very poor. Interesting. So you're 
what what do you what do you think about Hackett? Do you think he's just not going to be the guy for this team? As you see, you know the summary of his um, lack of success through five games. I mean, it's really hard to tell right now. You, yeah. you can't really base an entire coach's performance off of five games. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to stay optimistic and say that he can turn the ship around. But um, I definitely don't think the winning culture in Denver is going to give up very easily. So I think he will turn the ship around by the end of the season. And, you know, I think it's just we're going to have to play the waiting game. Really, it's very unpredictable right now with Hackett. I mean, we've seen what he can do down in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and that offense last year that led them to the NFC Championship. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, he said it himself. He constantly second-guessed himself. He uh, is just buddy-buddy with all the all the players. And as a head coach, I don't think he can be just buddy-buddy. I mean, you got to be disciplined. Obviously, you're going to have that friendship and everything but like you got to be you got to be hard on your players a little bit I mean making them determined and understand that hey we got to win some games and I mean the clock management was uh horrendous I'm gonna be honest uh it kind of made Vic Fangio seem like a genius I'm gonna be (laughs) I'm gonna be honest and I, I don't think I would ever say that uh Vic Fangio I mean Let's just talk about how Vic Fangio, we scored more points last season through the first, like, three games than we have right now. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I don't know if it was because we played uh, bad teams because we played Jacksonville. Uh, well, we've even, we've even had a really easy start to this season. You're right. That's That's what I'm saying. And, like, I just don't really understand how – I guess it is because Russell Wilson hasn't really made that connection, but – I also think it's the play calling. I mean, and not only the play calling, the uh, offensive line. I mean, there's multiple things that go into it. Yeah, it uh, just feels like last season, um, obviously Pat Shermer compared to Hackett, I would say Hackett's play calling. Um, Averro to um, Vic Fangio, that comes close. But honestly, I feel like Averro is more of a better fit for this defense. I would take Averro. Obviously, Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, I would take Russell Wilson. It's crazy that, like, like you said, and I like they bring that up. With that group, we were putting, we put up more points to start the season than this group. And the best way I can describe the start to this season, it's just awkward. Like, it doesn't feel like everybody's on the same page. It just, it feels like we have all this offensive talent, and we're just kind of just like standing there, acting like we're playing in like the like the fourth quarter of a preseason game, or it it just doesn't feel like we're all on the same page. Um, the bonds um, in terms of uh, quarterback to wide receiver chemistry doesn't feel there. Um, it only feels there with um, Russ and court. Um, obviously the injuries are super demoralizing. Um, but even last season, beginning season, we had some key injuries. Um, not as much as we have this season, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy that we're just at this point where with Russell Wilson and um, Daniel Hackett and Averro, that this this group isn't able, and you know I'll give all credit to Averro, um, but on the offensive side of the ball, it's crazy that we're just doing worse to this se- to the start of this season than last season. And last season's schedule was um, tougher than this season's, um, believe it or not. Well, you look at last year's red zone percentage, and we were 
towards you know middle of the pack of the league, but we were at fifty four percent total last year mm-hmm. with a tougher schedule, mind you. This year through five games, we're at a mere twenty one percent, and I think um, Hackett is really to blame for this, and maybe some some of Russ too, not making throws here and there like some in the Colts game. Mm-hmm. making those errant passes, one that got intercepted by Stefan Gilmore. But um, I think Hackett is, you know, probably 75 to 80% of the blame here. I mean, we're always just constantly killing ourselves on first down, whether it's, you know, a bad play call or it's a penalty on the offensive line. And second down, we're just trying to get all those yards back. Hackett's calling deep plays to Judy or Sutton. And even when he does draw those plays up, um, there's some kind of miscommunication somewhere. Like you saw that one in the Colts game where um, Russell Wilson threw that deep ball towards the end zone when Cortland Sutton was running towards the right on a post route. But, um, yeah, and that just leaves us from third and long, and then Wilson will make a dump-off pass, and we'll be left with fourth down and a field goal. Yeah. Fourth down and short with a field goal. I mean, if – Hackett can draw up, you know, little short yardage plays on first and second down to, you know, you know gain some yards back and, you know, just play play by play and down by down. And we could really make good strides in this offense if we just do that. Do you think NFL fans and Broncos fans are overreacting about Nathaniel Hackett so far? Because I feel like the expectations, and reasonably so, that this offense would come out just absolutely – scoring points, launching it downfield, this overall, you know, incredible offense. Obviously, many people before the season uh, placed bets that Russell Wilson would be the favorite to win MVP. Do you think um, Nathaniel Hackett um, is to put at fault for a lot of, um, you know, the lack of success? And do you, but do you think NFL fans are overreacting um, to the start of this uh, season? And, uh, you know, calling Nathaniel Hackett the worst head coach in the NFL. Well, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And um, I think players like Stafford last year, I mean, he didn't really have a stellar start to his um, 2021 campaign. And and look where they ended up. They won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I think playoff aspirations are definitely not out of our consideration at this point. I mean – to say that Hackett's the worst coach in the league through five games is, you know, very much of an overreaction in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, it's just Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, I don't know if it's the play calling or, or what, but like him, I think people are, have the right to overreact. I mean, we have such high expectations. I mean, everybody's thinking, oh, Russell Wilson's going to be able to go for MVP. I, I personally thought that. I'm like, Russell Wilson's going to win MVP. They said speed's going to kill when they cut uh, Seth Williams. So Tyree Cleveland, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, uh, Corland Sutton, all these guys. I mean, and nothing's happened. I mean, we're, we're a low-scoring team. Uh, it's just very difficult to say. I mean, the fans have every right to overreact, though, uh, in my opinion. It's two interesting perspectives, for sure. Um, and I want to I want to pull this quote. It's an interesting quote. Um, Hackett during his press conference um, today, he said, "We're two and three. We are who we are. We need to get better." And Russell Wilson, he brings up his name. He said, 
and Russell Wilson knows that, and he's going to get do everything in his power to get us there. Um, what, do, what, what are your initial thoughts on that quote? I think it's a little cliche what he just said right there. I mean, I think more or less he's kind of just blowing off the reporter and saying that, you know, we're just going to get it done. But how do we know you're going to get it done? Like, the execution really just hasn't been there this season, and I don't see that he's going to take any strides to execute this during that press conference today. Yeah, it's like he's kind of just saying what the like what the media and – well, I mean, the, I would say what the media wants him to say, but honestly, yeah. at this point, that's not what we want him to say. We want him to be – you know, say something that'll give us hope. Yeah, just kind of being a people pleaser. I really want to see him walk the walk instead of talking the talk. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's only so many things you could say to the media. And, you know, I wouldn't take um, – I know a lot of people get gassed up about whatever uh, the head coaches or players say in their press conferences. This is just a quote to spark a combo. But, um, you know, I think – I thought it was interesting he did just uh, bring up the leader of his team's uh, name right there. I mean, you know, that is um, your team's your team's number one captain. But, you know, that was a question that was aimed at him, and it kind of just brought Russell Wilson up and just, you know, not necessarily throwing him under the bus. He's like, yeah, Russell Wilson's going to get us there. But, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, rally around your QB. Um, I like that part, but that's just an interesting, um, you know, little piece there. Um, you know, if that's, what's, that's what it's going to take, then, I mean – do it. I mean, obviously, like you said, um, less, you know, talking, you know, walk, you know, show, show it through actions, you know, win games. Obviously we can say it's uh, speculate all, all we want in these quotes, but um, until they put points on the board, um, these are just cliche statements and, you know, him just, like you said, being a people pleaser Um, with Russell Wilson and Daniel Hackey, we thought they were going to be, you know, the most glorifying, um, incredible explosive duo and so many reports are coming out in the offseason leading up to week one that you know hack and russ were so in sync and you know blah 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 but it just has not seemed like that um they seem like they have a great relationship but it seems like that that's the most obviously and i want to talk about this because i didn't talk about it in our previous episode after watching film Hackett actually did call it a pretty solid game there was some questionable decision making um late in the game um, obviously, they uh, decided to uh, throw it on that um, third and uh, – I'm sorry, on that uh, fourth and short rather than um, running it and then eventually kicking your field goal. Um, and then they, they ended up uh, – Russ ended up throwing the interception. Um, that would have put them, the Broncos, at 12-6. to six. Um, And then, the, you know, the Colts obviously ended up coming back, kicking the field goal, forcing it to overtime. And then they ended up um, – driving down the field and uh, kicking the field goal. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just uh, – at this point, the Broncos' offense just seems too mellow. Um, Hackett and Russ duo have not lived up to what they thought. But, you know, to be fair, in all fairness, it is the beginning of the season. My overall opinion on Russ um, and Hackett, I think Russ will get this together um, despite all the injuries. Um, he's given me some uh, – you know, speaking of these media quotes, he's given me some really uh, positive hope. Because he's talked about how, you know, right now this team is just going through it. And, you know, he, but he's also talked about how, you know, they're going to figure this thing out late in the season. And he said that this team will win games, um, you, you know, bounce back. And I, I really like to hear that. Um, obviously, so many fans have their different opinions talking about how corny 
he is and how he just says, you know, the same old shit. But, um, you know, at, even after, after his uh, the loss of the Colts at the end of his presser, he had the most depressing Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> he like half ass like, walking walking away from the podium, but he still had to get that out there. Um, but yeah, man. That, I mean, that's my QB, man. I mean, I, I I do believe in Russ. I feel like Russ Russ is still gonna be Russ. I really don't think this is the end of Russell Wilson. Where he's just gonna be dog water and not be the QB. Um, obviously, the media when. This this is how the social media works. When someone is at their highest high, they're gonna be like, okay, yeah, he's a, he's a beast and whatnot. Let's go ahead and talk about whoever's being trash. Then whenever yeah. that person who is so high has their low low, then they're gonna immediately shift all their attention to him and exaggerate so much about it. And that's exactly what's happening with Russ here. I'm seeing so many memes about you know Gino. Geno Smith being better. People are saying the Broncos screwed up by not trading for Geno Smith. <laughs> it's it's getting outrageous. Um, it's very frustrating um, as Broncos fans. Um, obviously, we traded two first, two seconds. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, no no Noah Fant. Those are two solid, uh, really solid starters there. Um, obviously, trading uh, Drew Locke was like giving them a bag of chips, um, and then. <laughs> And then aside from aside from that, it's just a lot of value that you're giving up. And then fans will, you know, immediately go to um, just like bringing that up, and then saying that the Seahawks won the trade and they got all that back as well. It, it's pretty frustrating. Um, I do have a lot of faith in Russ, but then when it comes to uh, Hackett, obviously, um, like uh, like Noah said, you know, reasonably so, there is to be frustrations with uh, his performance this far as the leader of this team. Um, I don't know. Hackett's one of those guys right now where I think he can get it together. I think the scheme is there. He's drawing up the offense. Um, he's improving that area. I feel like his decision-making is getting a little bit better. Um, the penalties have gotten a little bit better. He's just he's slowly uh, getting better um, all around, all facets of his uh, head coaching abilities. But – it's just kind of frustrating because with all these expectations and guys like Mike McDaniel and Brian Dable just absolutely killing it, absolutely killing it. Um, obviously, the injuries – I feel like the, the Giants have suffered some pretty uh, significant injuries, but um, the injuries do play effect into this. Obviously, Hackett has had it worse than those other two guys. But, um, you know, even even in uh, Chicago, uh, Eberflus, he's – yeah, he's done a pretty solid job with uh, Justin Fields, who in my opinion is a bust. Um, he's done a pretty solid job with them. I mean, two and three with their completely just underwhelming roster on offense. They've done a pretty solid job. Um, Luke Getze, obviously, we can, we can talk about we can talk about that for a while, but um, it's just kind of they're having all these rookie head coaches are just having this race, and Hackett's just slowly, you know, kind of making this little turtle, this turtle, um, you know, walk. And he, he's he's going to make it there eventually, but it's like at this point with with the way um, all the expectations and how Broncos country wants this team to perform, um, it's like you know, do we have patience? Do we have the time to have another head coach who can you know eventually make it, or do we have enough time to you know roll the dice on him? Um, that's just kind of where Broncos country is standing right now. Like, do we want to sit here? and roll the dice and potentially, um, you know, fire him midseason or um, he, he does pan out long-term. So, okay, so now that we're kind of done on that rant, 
Um, I want to talk about um, just week five in general, the NFL. Um, obviously, we saw some um, really good games in the morning slate. Um, was there any games that you guys thought were uh, really good in particular? I know we kind of saw um, a shit show against the Ravens and Bengals on uh, Sunday Night Football. I mean, I, I really want to talk about that um, Raiders and Chiefs game, given that it's our divisional game. Um, I mean, I think Josh Jacobs just looks so good, man. I mean, he tore it up versus us. He tore it up versus the Chiefs. But, I mean, who's really to blame in that final Raiders drive where um, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro ran into each other? Do you think they're also having, you know, like a lack of chemistry with Mike McDaniel, Derek Carr, like we're having with Hackett and Russ? It's a possibility. I mean, um, Josh McDaniels, uh, I mean, I wouldn't blame him on that, but like – at the same time, I mean, that's a play that you have to you have to have down. And whenever that offensive coordinator, that play caller, pulls out that play, he's got to be confident in you know their passability of practicing that play and executing it. And so for them to not get that down late in the game at such such a crucial moment, that's pretty embarrassing. I I agree. I mean, Josh Jacobs was phenomenal. Uh, Devontae Adams was phenomenal. But if you see the video. Uh, Devontae Adams gets pressed by, I forgot what his name is, but uh, he gets pushed to the side, and Hunter Renfro can't really make his move because he was going to go for a double move, and then that's when they both collided. So I don't know if really either of them are really at fault, but, like, I mean, I guess maybe a little bit miscommunication, but I don't know. That was a crazy game, and I'm going to be honest. The Raiders are probably the best one in three team uh in the like maybe ever <laughs> but i mean their car underrated quarterback Devonte adams i mean phenomenal wide receiver uh but clearly they haven't even uh built a connection there uh just like us we haven't really made our connection with uh russell and uh the receivers my, my question hearing, is my uh, hearing raiders oh. praise on this podcast? Oh, definitely not. No, I hate the Raiders. <laughs> don't don't be don't be saying that. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Charlie? So my question is, um, why in God's green earth is Josh McDaniels calling deep shots on fourth and one with a minute <laughs> left and a couple of timeouts? I think when you have a, a kicker who's never missed in his own stadium. I mean, I know he was playing an Arrowhead, but. You know, he's statistically one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL. Why on earth do you not call, you know, maybe a check down or even run it with Jacobs considering he had 21 carries for 154 yards? The Raider, Raiders going to Raider. That's all I got. The Raiders going yeah. to Raider. Uh, I have a Raiders I've, moment. Yeah, for real. Uh, I got one question. So I've been hearing some rumors about Sean Payton, you know, maybe wanting to come back. Would you guys like want to see the Broncos at maybe after this season go after Sean Payton? I was talking to someone about this today. Actually, um, it's been brought up quite a bit by Broncos country, and uh, the, the the like the majority of fans that I see that are wanting to get rid of Hackett are already starting the Sean Payton to Denver agenda. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I believe in Hackett, and I have faith. Um, you know, like Charlie was saying, I want to have optimism with this coaching staff, but um, I I would not be opposed to the idea if we have a really if we have a losing record this season, 
I would definitely not be opposed to the idea of Nathaniel Hackett being fired and us bringing in Sean Payton. Because uh, I know for a fact, and I will tell everybody listening to this right now, I know for a fact Sean Payton looking at this position, he will not turn that down to be with Russell Wilson and this insane defense. He will not. He, he won't turn that down. And I know we were saying the same thing about Nathaniel Hackett and you know this this destination being a very um, attractive one. But man, Sean Payton with this team, obviously, I don't want to. I'm not bashing Nathaniel Hackett in any way, but Sean Payton's one of the brightest minds we've mm-hmm. ever seen at the head coach um, spot in NFL history. So I mean, I, why why would anybody be opposed to that? No, I agree. I mean. And he knows how to really connect with a quarterback and make sure, like, just ask Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's you won know? the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, I think it will take some time, though. I mean, obviously, Peyton Manning didn't win a Super Bowl right away with uh, uh, the Broncos. So, obviously, it will probably just take a little bit of time, you know. Well, you, you know, the um... – Peyton Manning had a coaching change from John Fox to Gary Kubiak that, you know, led him to a Super Bowl win, actually. Yeah. Do you think it's going to take a, a big coaching change like that to, you know, get us over the hump? That is a really – that's a really good question. I don't think anybody's pointed that out. I mean, there's been a lot of comparison to Manning and uh, Russ and their starts with the Broncos, but I haven't heard that one. But I think Peyton Manning was the coach. <laughs> if we're being honest, Peyton Manning <laughs> yeah. was the coach. He was basically – calling drawing up those plays um i want to see russ be more like that me and train have talked a lot about that um you know russ being more of like a rogers uh or brady or manning he he wants to be up there in terms of the top you know five greatest qbs of all time and for him to be like uh to be like them he's got he's got to be like them in terms of leadership as well not just a stat sheet um another thing we we're talking about super bowls with uh sean payton and or you no know, uh russell wilson you know um, getting you know, getting in touch with those coaches. Um, Russell Wilson's talked about how he wants to win three or four Super Bowls this, uh, with the Broncos, which is kind of crazy. You know, maybe he's just trying to get the fans pumped up, or you know, get them on his side, or whatever it may be. Um, we could speculate on that, but that does that does give me that does give me hope and faith. I mean, why would he say that? Obviously, I I really I really could see Russell Wilson winning at least one Super Bowl here with us, just like Peyton Manning. Um, I don't know. That's just something I want to bring up. But going back to your question, um, I mean, may, maybe so. Uh, maybe they're they're eventually down the road. There will be a coaching change need, uh, needs to be made. But I mean, John Fox is John Fox. Um, <laughs> and Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning. So that's that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah, I want to bring up this uh, Russell Wilson quote. I'm looking forward to turning it all around because when we do, it's going to be a special story. Yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about early on. I, lo- I love that. That's actually, like, my favorite Russell Wilson quote um, that I've heard from him since he joined this organization. I, lo- I love that quote a lot. I mean, gives gives a lot of people faith, I believe. I mean, I just, I mean, I just hope we see it. Honestly, he, says, <laughs> yeah. he says a lot of stuff just to say it, but, like, that quote, I feel like, does have some meaning to it. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely been in the face of adversity before. I mean, it's not his first rodeo. Who's to Very, say he can't do it again? I agree. Um, obviously, we've we talked about the Colts and Broncos game. Um, the Giants defeated the Packers 27-22. Um, that game, obviously, well, that was in uh, London. Man, the Giants. What, what, are the Giants legit? 
or obviously Daniel Jones. I think we can all agree, um, he's a game manager at best, and I still <laughs> I still think he's he's dog water. But um, really, yeah, I, mean, I think I, Daniel I, Jones balled out, bro. I think Jim he did Daniel his Jones thing. had a good game, but I don't think Daniel Jones is anywhere near that franchise's QB. If anything, Saquon Barkley's their franchise. Oh, definitely. I have him on fantasy. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, but you know, Danny Dimes. He's. I mean, it is Danny Dimes. Well, you look at you the production that Daniel Jones has made since his rookie career, or you know, rookie year. He was just throwing errant passes everywhere. Um, did not have any communication with his receivers at all. But you look at this game, 21 for 27 with a 75 QB rating. And um, I think he's just getting a whole lot better, fitting right into that system with Brian Dayball. And they're going to establish, you know, a winning culture over there in New York. And I think it's nothing but green grass ahead for yeah, this team. Brian Dayball is such a – man, that's one thing I like that you bring that up. I completely forgot to mention – Brian Dable is so he's gonna be a good head coach for a while. He is such a good play caller. The fact that he turned that they literally have like the like the same offense, except they have like Evan Neal and a few other different players, but they have like basically the same offense. Um obviously I, I feel like he should be credited a lot for the resurgence and you know, um the return of Saquon Barkley, man. He is he is really I've Brian Dable has been um he not a pleasant surprise. I expected this out of him. Um, he is someone, him and McDaniel, I'm very upset um, that Peyton did not even give uh, even like a chance at an interview for. I, I, I didn't understand that. Dable and uh, McDaniel were up there with McConnell and um, Hackett with for my favorite head coach candidates. Um, Dable, is, he, he should be given a lot of credit for the Giants' success. Um, if you put any other head coach at that spot, um, you can make the argument that they would not be sitting at four and one right now. Yeah, for sure. Lions and Patriots. The Patriots blow them out twenty nine to zero. This was the mo- one of the most unexpected games um, around the NFL um, fan base. I don't think um, too many people expected a twenty nine to zero blowout um, against. I mean, I- I'm sure we we guessed that the uh, Lions defense, uh, historically bad, would give up. You know. Uh, 28 plus four touchdowns plus but on offense they were the highest scoring offense in the nfl and they could not put up anything um what do you guys think about that game i think detroit's going to turn it around soon i mean they got some superstars i mean obviously maybe not at the quarterback position jared goff it seems like he's been picking it up though i mean you got amon ross st brown uh deandre swift you got uh jamal williams even i mean man that offense is crazy. But whatever happened to Jeff Okuda, uh, if I'm saying his name right, I think. Yeah, Jeff Okuda. He's been the, he's been their starting corner, and he's been pretty underwhelming to say the least. But he did have a, a solid start to the to the beginning of the season. But if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he did not have a good game um, against the Patriots. I believe he was um, uh, covering Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers had a pretty pretty solid game. I mean, yeah. You look at the Lions and. Um, you know, they've been great on offense this year. And then, the, you know, go put up a donut versus the Patriots. It's just very surprising. And Dude, you know what? Their defense didn't even play half bad. And their defense was really their main point of concern the first four games. Yeah. What's scary to me about the Lions, the fact that they're putting up these this many points and their offense looks this good, um, you know, excluding this game against the Patriots, 
Um, I think this game was honestly just a, a factor of Belichick owns the shit out of Jared Goff. <laughs> and the Lions. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, this, this, the fact that this offense is able to produce this much, if they can draft good on defense and they can make, get, get some good pickups on defense, obviously Aiden Hutchinson is only up from here. I mean, he's going to be a beast pass rusher for them. He reminds me of, of Nick Bosa. Um, if they can get good on defense and they're one and four, they're one and four. So if they keep looking, if they keep having positive spots like this, and by the way, I love, I love Dan Campbell a lot. Um, if they can, you know, I hate, I hate the fact of like tanking, but they're one and four and they look like a solid team. If they end up getting like a top five pick, they're right there in striking distance for, you know, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and all the top, top QBs up there. If they can get a guy like that, they, they might actually be a really good team in the future. And that's, that's something I think, uh, you know, fans should be aware of. Um, obviously the game that we talked a little bit about, um, the chargers defeated the Browns 30 to 28. Um, what'd you guys think about that, uh, decision by Brandon Staley? Well, first off, crazy game. (laughs) Uh, Nick Chubb going off. Kareem Hunt even had a pretty, pretty decent game. I mean, more than that, <laughs> <laughs> and dude like <was> feasting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, the Browns—they're just this close every single time to winning a game. <laughs> they just barely come short, and it's just—it's horrendous. It's very—it would—it's. I feel bad for the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe if they had like someone like Deshaun Watson, they'd probably be winning games. I don't know. Maybe they should trade for him. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should not be a sex offender. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, speaking speaking of teams that have had sex offenders, uh, the Texans defeated the Jaguars 13-6. Um, the Texans are some a team that we thought was really underrated. Um, I think they're really underrated. And I think a lot of fans, like, I'm not sure. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head in terms of like the betting, but a lot of people thought the Jags were going to be the Texans. Texans ended up winning this one by a touchdown. Um, this was kind of another just uh, crappy offensive performance on both sides, but the Texans had a good drive and were able to win this one. Um, the Jaguars are really confusing. They look like a good team, um, but ever since they blew that 14-0 lead against the Eagles, they've been just bad. Um, that game was uh, kind of you know boring. The Falcons and uh, Buccaneers, obviously, I want to touch on this. This uh, obviously the the Bucks won this one, twenty-one to fifteen. They had a twenty-one to three lead um, at one point. Um, the Falcons very well. They could have broke that. They could have broke the curse, man. They could have broke the curse. <laughs> but um, the very what I want to touch on the very uh, controversial um, uh, roughing the passer call on Grady Jarrett on uh, the NFL sweetheart Tom Brady. What do you guys? What do you guys think about? What do you, What do you guys think about that uh, call? And it, we even saw it again on uh, Monday night again. It's ridiculous. It. I mean, what you guys want us to play with? What flag football? <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting crazy. If if I see if I have to see two and touch, I'm gonna I'm like deleting everything associated with it. So. I agree. It's just difficult to watch at this point. I mean, obviously you want to protect the players, but like some of the the roughing the passer calls are just getting ridiculous. Yeah, it's getting to the point where it's literally impacting the outcomes of games. Yeah, it's like I saw someone on Twitter saying, "I love this." 
we should have press conferences where we just interview and bash the shit out of NFL referees, just like we do <laughs> players and coaches, just like we do players and coaches. Because that Thank would God be they fun. didn't do that at Arrowhead. That would be that would be great. <laughs> I mean, they need to be held accountable, man. And this is this is getting out of hand. We even talk, we're even still to this day talking about that Saints and Rams game where oh, they ended up going God. back to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl. And yeah, that was one of the most controversial uh, calls of all time. It's just they literally impact team seasons. It should not be like that. Um, we'll pro- it's gonna it's gonna go two ways. We're either gonna have robots calling uh, games, officiating games, or we're gonna have this like the NFL uh, NFL soft league where we're just <laughs> playing two hand touch. It's I'm choosing the robots. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> it does not look like it's uh, on. In terms of officiating, it does not look like the NFL is on the right path. And Roger Goodell looks like he does not give two shits. Um, and uh, next, the, oh my gosh, the Steelers and Bills game. Um, me and Trayton called this. Uh, Kenny Pickett, um, you, you don't look good. Um, obviously, <laughs> Matt Canada, it doesn't look like the best uh, play caller. The offensive line just looks abysmal. Um, I thought the Colts all line was bad, but man. Um, the Bills destroyed them 38-3. to um, This was probably the most predictable game of the week. Uh, what, do you guys think about, what do you guys think about this game? The Bills just look like a powerhouse. Josh Allen, Josh Allen looks like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, did I'm we really think Pittsburgh was going to win this? Yeah, I mean, if anybody betted for the Steelers on this one, uh, I send my condolences. <laughs> I mean, it was Buffalo minus 14, and they broke the spread by more than two times that. He threw for like what Josh Allen threw for like three fifty four and four touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. He was putting he up was on numbers pace to break the record. <laughs> right. I mean, dude. That, the Steelers are zero and eight without TJ Watt in his career. That's crazy That's to think about. That's insane. TJ Watt literally got robbed of Defensive Player of the Year like two years in a row. Oh, for real. I don't even think TJ Watt could have saved this game. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. it was. The well, please tell me why you have Kenny Pickett dropping back 52 times in a game in his second game. It's a rookie. Game. It's a rookie. That's crazy. And Najee Harris. Najee Harris, you are a bump compared to Javante Williams, bro. For real, man. Good I've been saying for that forever. 34 of those 52 passes, at least. But Matt Canada <laughs> just sucks. I'm sorry. How about the the Jets dropping forty on the Dolphins? Forty to that seven. was crazy. Obviously, Jalen Waddle's battling a groin injury. Uh, Tua, he's I don't even neurologically just <laughs> whatever's going on. Prayers up to him though. I mean, he's just seeing shit right now. You're right. I mean, he was throwing up gang signs he's on the, the floor. <laughs> oh no! Way. He's I mean, throwing up gang signs. <laughs> That's, that's messed up. But, I mean, it's that was crazy. I thought the Dolphins were still going to win. Obviously, Teddy Two Gloves goes out with a concussion, was it? Yeah, it was a head injury, concussion. Yeah. I mean, it's just difficult to see. Brees Hall looks insanely good, man. He looks yeah. like... He looks like a, like a bigger Javante Williams. Obviously, he doesn't look like he has the break tackling ability, but... I mean, he he does have some of it, not as much as Javante, but yeah, Brees Hall looks insane. He, he literally had clo- three, he was three yards short of 200 total scrimmage yards. That's insane. 
Yeah, that, that Chess offense as a whole just looked very solid versus the Dolphins, who were supposedly going to have a good defense. But, you know, I think that injury to Teddy Bridgewater kind of just – they just started shitting the bed after that. I don't yeah. think they saw a real possibility of them yeah. winning after he went down. Same with Tyree Kill. He's battling a foot injury, I believe, also. I mean, now they're getting uh, like a whole bunch of injuries with their team as well. Well, you know, after the Teddy injury, they went right back to Raheem Mostert, who finished the game mm-hmm. 113 yards and a touchdown. Underrated yeah, running looks, backs. I, I absolutely – I regret uh, drafting Chase Edmonds in one of my leagues because um, Raheem Mostert looks like him right now. So <laughs> Raheem must start. I mean – that I'm sure, I'm sure Dolphins will be starting that agenda. <laughs> Bears and Vikings, I thought was one of the best games of the week. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I ever ex- could have expected that. Um, I mean, I, I knew the Vikings were going to win, but yeah, it was a really good game. The Vikings almost choked this game. Um, the Vikings come out on top, twenty-nine to twenty-two, but um, at at one point in the game, they were um, they were up by quite a bit. Um, well, what, what did you guys think about this game? What do you guys think about Justin Fields and that offense and um, the the trajectory for their team? Cooper Cup still has more receptions than Justin Fields has completions. <laughs> so, yo, I did not even hear that stat. That's a yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're not really giving them many opportunities, to be honest. I mean, but the offense in general doesn't get opportunities because they just cannot execute to save their lives. I mean, yeah. Justin Fields only has twenty-one attempts all game, and their leading rusher only has eight carries. I mean, it's just a defensive battle again. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know how the hell Chicago put up 22 points up on that board. Yeah, that was very shocking. They're starting running back only at 20 yards rushing. They're, they're literally – their starting quarterback had twice the amount of yards rushing in that game. Uh, that's inc- It's crazy. Fields, if you look at a stat sheet, it isn't awful. Um, this is the first time this season that he threw for, like, more than 170 yards. So, uh Congratulations to you. You you did something um, <laughs> through the air. And do you think um, Justin Fields would be good anywhere else than Chicago? Because no. I think he definitely has the, you know, the talent to be good somewhere in a good system. I mean, maybe as a running back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I'd bro. I talk so. I talk so much crap to Bears fans. Um, <laughs> Why? I mean, my bro. My opinion. I don't. I don't like the the Bears offense at all. Um, Maybe he would be good somewhere else, but I think Fields is a bust, man. Maybe I'm speaking too early, but I think think Fields is a bust. I think at this point in his career, I don't think he can change it. I agree. I mean, I I always give quarterbacks three years. He's in his second year right now. I mean, is there really any saving the Chicago Bears right now? It's true. I mean, the Bears are just a – shit show. I mean, there's no other way I could put it. Um, but I did say early on, I think uh, Edward Flus um, has done a better better job than most other uh, Ricky Ed coaches could do, especially in that situation. I mean, man, that's a really tough spot to be in. But yeah, and I think Fields, I don't know. I just don't have much faith in him, given what I've seen from him. Um, he just looks super off. And I don't think there's only so much we can put on you know, his receivers and his O-line, but he just doesn't – he hasn't looked like the Ohio State Justin Fields. And another big thing with him, he has not fixed this. He holds on to the ball too long. Mm-hmm. He, he holds on to the ball too long, and it's 
That's something you cannot do as a quarterback. And the most efficient quarterbacks in the league are the ones that get rid of the ball fast, like Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Um, Josh Allen, uh, we saw from Kirk Cousins yesterday, he was getting rid of the ball fast. Um, Patrick Mahomes is an exclusion because that dude could run – him and uh, Kyler Murray, they could run around the pocket – or the you know their own territory for fifty days, and they can still complete a pass. I mean, their improvision is insane. But yeah, I mean, when you get rid of the ball fast, that makes you a really good quarterback. And uh, I don't think Justin Fields could be someone like Mahomes or Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, I think it's just like his uh, in, from his individual performance. I haven't seen enough for. You know, you to uh, to convince me that he's a starting uh, caliber quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, I, any Bears fans out there, I pray for you. But you know, your team, your team is going to be in purgatory for the next five years or so. Titans, Commanders, Titans win this one, twenty-one to seventeen. Um, I mean, this was a pretty predictable game. This one did come, this one did come down to the like down to the line. And like literally, it was like literally down to the goal line, and Carson Wentz threw an interception. Um, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz fashion, exactly. (laughs) Dude, that dude fell off so hard, dude. I I want to see him succeed. I thought he would be. I thought he would be better this season, but I don't know. I feel like the his offense is competent. He just has not been competent. Yeah, the commanders don't look – they don't look good at all, and I think Ron Rivera is more than on the hot seat. I think we could see him fired by uh, uh, midseason. Did you see in that post-game presser where, um, you know, they were started stacking up all the rest of the NFC East teams versus him, and oh, that, yeah. why is he not – Oh, yeah, I saw it. He's like, quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that kind of like, sounds like Vic Fangio at his last game press conference when he threw True Lock under the bus. You're right. That's very yeah. I mean, he literally I mean, threw Carson Wentz under the bus, saying that he's not as good as, um, you know, Dak Prescott <sighs> and Jalen Hurts. And bro, when you get thrown under the bus and the other quarterbacks in the division, and you're going up, you have Daniel Jones in your division, bro. You've hit rock bottom. You really have. <laughs> that's that's ultra bad. Well, uh, Carson Wentz is down bad. Thank God for Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. 28 carries, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. Bro, I was telling people. He, he is that entire offense. Yeah. Him and Saquon, bro, they're carrying their offenses. For real. Well, He's even doing I've... numbers in the receiving game, too. Yeah, they're getting him involved oh, yeah. in the passing game this season. I like that a lot. Well, what I want to ask is, what do you guys think about Trey Lance? Will he end up getting his starting position back, or will he, like... I think so. Just, yeah. I, mean, I just don't I know. I I mean, I mean is he, if he continues to be injury prone throughout his career, they might try to, you know, scratch him out. Yeah, yeah I think he, has, he, he just yeah, has so much upside. I don't see why they'd stray away from him now after, exactly. you know, only so many career games. It's I, I like Trey Lance. Um, and you, you made the point I was right about to say. Um, I don't think they would give up on him any anytime soon. But um, like you said, if he doesn't have if he does have another like season ender, um, then I think it might be time to move on from him, which is crazy to say because this dude only has, like, what, two starts under his belt? Mm-hmm. And, like, the second start was cut short. Um, you know, that it's crazy, but that's how the league works. Like, availability is the number one um, thing you need out of your starting quarterback. I mean, the quarterback is the most important, valuable position in this league. I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league. Like, 
um, Ron, Ron Rivera was saying in his presser. Um, so, yeah, I like I like Trey Lance. He has a lot of raw potential. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, can he stay healthy? And is he going to be able to put it together with Kyle Shanahan's system, uh, which, should, which should be fairly easy. Um, speaking of, the 49ers um, defeated the Panthers 37 to 15. Um, I'm glad we're talking about this because, man, Panthers fans been on my ass, and I'm going to get on your ass now. Your team is poverty. Um, Matt, Rule, <laughs> well, not anymore. Matt Rule is one of the worst uh, <laughs> hires ever. Um, the best thing that's happened to you guys in the last five years is you guys firing him. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, c- come on, dude. Like, the, Pan- the Panthers are a poverty franchise. Yeah, their I agree. Over- their defense is overrated, bro. They have good. They have good centerpieces like um, uh, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some good pieces there, Derek Brown. But it, overall, they just suck. Yeah, <laughs> you can't forget J.C. Horn either. Bro, he's a stud. If you're, um, they they didn't give up 37 points. They gave up 30 because um the uh, or no, or no 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 they're okay yeah so they're um the 49ers defense returned one for a touchdown so yeah the Panthers defense gave up 30. If you're giving up 30 points to the 49ers offense, yeah, something's wrong. I think their defense is really overrated. Um, and then, obviously, we don't even have to talk about their offense. God, the Baker Mayfield, at this point, you should have started P.J. Walker week one. I mean, <laughs> bring back Kim Newton. <laughs> brought back. Okay. Dude, I already see Panthers fans uh, saying, yeah, bring, bring Cam back home. Dude, are you serious? He's are had one serious? good season. I'm going to be for real. And that was when he – Went to the Super Bowl in 2015. No, not not after the Super Bowl. His only good season was in 2015. (laughs) Yeah, and injuries riddled up, you know, obviously played an effect to the downfall of his career. And then after that, he's just been bad. Um, And then then staying in that uh, Panthers division, we have the uh, Saints and Seahawks game. That was one of the best games of the week. Um, Let's talk about Geno Smith, man. Uh, the Saints won 39-32, to 32, but Gino looked good. He was 16-25, uh, 268 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Kenneth Walker had a big uh, touchdown run. Tyler Lockett had uh, two touchdowns. He's showing that he's still uh, one of the top uh, slot receivers in the game, if not the best slot receiver in the game. Um, DK Metcalf had a good uh, touchdown. Noah Fant, our uh, former Bronco, he had three catches or 49 yards. Um, what do you guys think about Geno Smith? Well, I, I hate to say it, fantasy. he's looking good. He's looking very yeah. good so far. I mean, I think he's doing very well integrating with the coach's system. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't think they've, you know, really lost anything since they traded, traded Russell Wilson over to Denver for us. Um, I mean, the defense in Seattle is just going to keep being shit. To yeah. be honest, I don't think that's ever going to change. But I think Gino just looks phenomenal. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's the reason I picked him up in fantasy. So many quarterbacks are out <laughs> uh, in my league and everything. People drafted like three quarterbacks. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But I ended up picking up Geno Smith, starting him this week. Oh, yeah, I just put a waiver claim in for him. Um, I have um, one of my fantasy teams. I have Jamar Chase. Hold on, I'll pull it up right now. I have uh, Jamar Chase, um, Jalen Waddle, Travis Kelsey, um, Justin Jefferson, uh, Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs. But my quarterback um, is Jared Goff. 
So yeah, I put it. I put it in a ring. <laughs> Dude, Jared Goff is low key balling, man. He's balling. And then I start. I literally just picked. The, I dropped Kirk Cousins for Jared Goff this week, and then I put in uh, start Jared Goff, and he just he absolutely shit. He put up six points. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I put in a waiver claim for uh, Gino Gino Smith. I hate to I hate to uh, admit that, but yeah, I'm bringing in Gino Smith for uh, my starting quarterback. Would you ever think that you were going to say that? <laughs> Hell yeah. no, bro. You look very guilty right now, dude. I'm <laughs> guilty, bro, because I was literally saying early on, like, I, I, I was, I was wanting to, um, yeah, I was talking about how it's frustrating. So many people saying Geno's better than Russ, and now look at me, bro. I'm starting Geno Smith on my <laughs> fantasy team, bro. What is this? Yeah, I, I even shot away from Metcalf and Lockett in fantasy, but yeah, too. You know, they're right up there in like the top twenty receivers this year. Yeah, I was scared. I was scared <laughs> to draft them. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I just I just traded away uh, Nick Chubb. Um, I absolutely finessed uh, this dude. He traded me uh, Justin Jefferson, Kelsey, and Jacobs for Nick Chubb. Jesus. Uh, what? Yeah, I took that. I took that in a heartbeat. And yeah, uh, hey, you're I'm playing guessing, with two. I'm guessing he thought Jacobs would be a one game wonder. Um, but even then, look if you trade uh, my running backs are like kind of subpar now. I just have Gordon and Jacobs, but um, and then I just lost Rashad Penny to a season ending injury. Mm-hmm. But um. Even if you if even if you just traded Kelsey and Jefferson for Nick Chubb, that's still a win on my side. That's a crazy win. When you first said I traded away Nick Chubb, I was like, okay. <laughs> but then you mentioned uh, what you got in return. I was like, well, I guess exactly. that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm in three leagues. I had Nick Chubb in all three leagues. I think Nick Chubb's the best back in the league, um, mm-hmm. even even over Saquon. Um, but yeah, when I saw that trade, uh, yeah, I took that in a heartbeat. Um, going back to some of these games, um, just kind of wrapping these up real quick. We had, uh, let's see, the Eagles and Cardinals. I actually picked the Cardinals to win this game. I did. Uh, but the Eagles, they barely won this one, 20-17. Um, but the Cardinals kicker, he, he missed the he missed the damn field goal. I believe mm-hmm. it's uh, Matt Amendola, right? Uh, yes, sir. Been, yeah. He's yeah. been bouncing from team to team and just – Ruining every team, it seems like. Um, yeah, the Eagles won this one, twenty to seventeen. It was kind of a Mickey Mouse win, in my opinion. But I mean, they got the job done. Jalen Hurts still looked like Jalen Hurts, uh, the MVP candidate that we've been seeing. Um, Dallas Goddard finally had a good game. Um, Devonte Smith, if you're if you have him in a PPR league, you're probably really happy. He had a uh, ten catches for eighty-seven yards. Um, yeah, I mean this this game. I'm sure a lot of people predicted this one uh, i usually try to take an upset every week um this week i picked the cowboys and the cardinals um obviously uh when i talk about this next the cowboys beat the rams 22 to 10 that was kind of a shocking one i did pick the cowboys in this one um cowboys defense just looks good mm-hmm. and uh um sorry i forgot his name uh, dan quinn has been doing a phenomenal job um, they look in preseason. They look just really bad on defense, but they've they've picked things up. Micah Parsons is leading the race for defense, defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, man, the Rams talk about a Super Bowl hangover. Them and the Bengals have just they have not looked good at all. If Cooper Rush can win with a hundred two yards passing with no touchdowns, <laughs> then I think Brett Redfin could go out there and do it next week too. I mean. <laughs> I mean, our defense is right there with the Dallas defense. So I yeah, mean, I mean, it, Trayvon Diggs still sucks, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Miles better than him. He he was having a really good start to the season, actually, but 
Um, yes, uh, on Sunday he kind of um, shit the bed against the Rams, but and same with Ramsey too. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been yeah, getting the, burnt a couple the, times. The the Rams defense has just fallen off. I thought they were going to be better because they have Bobby Wagner and everything. I'm like, okay, this defense is definitely going to be another crazy defense, and they've just been kind of subpar. I mean, I think their defense is still, you know, holding their own. It's really just their offense that's killing them. Agreed. When you look at the game stats, they got three turnovers compared to Dallas's zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if you're not winning the turnover battle, you're not winning the game usually. So, yeah. you, you know, they're kind of just killing themselves on offense. That's really their big deal, at least for this game. Mm-hmm. Last two games, uh, the Bengals and Ra- uh, Ravens. The Ravens won 19-17. to um, obviously, Tucker hits that game-winning um, 40-yarder or so, um, you know, in the final moments. What do you guys think about the Bengals, um, another team that made it to the Super Bowl that has uh, not lived up to expectations? Their offensive line doesn't look nearly as good because, you know, in the offseason, I was thinking, man, this is going to be a crazy upgraded O-line for uh, Joe Burrow and it's just been kind of subpar so far. I don't know if it's them gluing together. I mean, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, they look even worse this year than last year. Right. Yeah, I think their offensive line is kind of, you know, their main concern right now. They can't protect Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Mixon really can't get going. And, you know, the offense as a whole can't get going because everything's going to start with Joe Burrow. So... Yeah, there's uh, Joe Mixon had a pretty solid game, but overall this season he has not been what the the Bengals needed him to be. Um, if you drafted him in fantasy, uh, I'm sorry. I mean that's that sucks. He um, and even sometimes I see Joe Burrow holding on to the ball too long. That's been kind of an issue with him as well. Um, obviously, he has a probably the best wide receiver. Um, I think the best wide receiver trio in the league. Um, you know, when you have those guys who can just, you know, get open in space or even, you know, yak catches, um, you, you got to get you gotta get the, the ball. Uh, you have no excuse. You have to get the ball out quick. Um, but, yeah, that's been kind of a, a hidden um, uh, weakness in Joe Burrow's game. In the final game, uh, we already talked about this. The Raiders lose to the Chiefs after a failed two-point conversion, 30-29 um, to 29 in Arrowhead. Um, the Raiders fall to one and four. The the Chiefs are still on top of the division, four and one. They look like the powerhouse everybody <laughs> predicted them to be. Um, obviously, the Raiders had um, a big a big lead at one point. I believe it was uh, seventeen to zero, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventeen to zero. It's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, but you know, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, um, still uh, he had twenty nine catch. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty nine. Uh, completions out of 43 attempts 292 yards and four touchdowns all of them were to travis kelsey um, <laughs> absolutely, that's crazy absolutely insane dude and kelsey only had seven catches for 25 25 yards i mean and four touchdowns kelsey, <laughs> yeah. yeah kelsey is I'm, i think we can all agree kelsey is the best red zone target in the nfl yeah I mean, th- this dude and i think it is a, a lot of the andy reeds uh you know you know, it's a lot of product. Uh, it's a product of Andy Reid's, you know, incredible offense. But yeah, Travis Kelsey is just so hard to to cover. Um, that's going to be something the Broncos are going to have to definitely uh, scheme up for sure. Um, even have to send a few double teams his way. 
Um, I want to see the Broncos go after a corner and kind of, um, you know, you can't, you can never have enough corners. Um, what do you guys think about Damari Mathis? I, I may have already asked, but Damari Mathis is going to be the starter um, on the outside now with Passer Tan. He's only a rookie, um, and he's already asking to be um, starting, uh, asked to be a starter. Um, do you think the Broncos should go maybe trade for someone or sign a vet? Um, obviously, the secondary help went from being a strength to now being something that we uh, we need to address again. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of trust him. He He's going to take a little bit of time to develop, I, I think, but I don't think he's going to let up any, like, ginormous plays and – I believe in him. Somebody on ESPN actually said that he was going to lead the league in interceptions. I don't know who said it, but it was kind of crazy. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was a little crazy. Wonder, uh, uh, how, how many blunts they got finished. I love Demari. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be a solid cornerback also. But I think we do need a little bit more experience. Uh especially after losing Darby. I mean, but we are gaining back uh, uh, Justin Simmons so and Ojemudia, so that, that should give us a little bit more depth. Yeah, I've seen the uh, potential um, package that I've been, has been brought up. Um, the, obviously, Kareem Jackson was actually a corner um, in Houston when we signed him to be the start, uh, starting strong safety for us. Um, so there's a possibility we could slide him into a few uh, dime packages or um, even u- uh, use that some, as some corner help. I think uh, any help that we can get, especially from veterans that have experience, um, that's going to be huge because Ronald Darby was, um, you know, very, very underrated for this team. He's a bigger loss than fans, uh, you know, uh, anticipate, I feel like. Um, he's uh, one of the biggest losses, honestly, that we've had um, outside of Javante Williams and Tim Patrick. Yeah, it just really sucks to see that. Obviously, the Broncos have to get um, left tackle um, Calvin Anderson up to speed because now Garrett Bowles is out for the season. Um, that one's a huge loss. You know, despite Bowles having a few penalties to start the season, he, he does that every season. I mean, we, we all say that, but he is still one of the most solid tackles in the game, um, and he still was this season. And to uh, see him go down hurts a lot. This offensive line, um, you know, all of them, they're going to have to get up to speed because, you know, any any injury can happen at any moment and you have to be ready. So um, a lot of guys are asked to step up. Damari Mathis, Calvin Anderson, um, you know, multiple multiple guys. Um, hopefully the Broncos can get K.J. Hamler involved uh, more in the receiving game. He had a great game getting open. Hopefully they can get, get it to him more, uh, get him some more looks and targets. Um, that's going to wrap up today's episode. It was a blast having you guys on today, man, for real. All right, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was it was great being on here. Yeah, uh, blast recapping week five of this uh, NFL season. Um, there are lots of positives uh, to look for uh, for the Broncos. It's still early in the season. Um, hope you guys stick with us. Uh, keep listening to our episodes. If you guys listen all the way to the end, you are the absolute go. I appreciate you so much. If you want to be a guest on here, just like Noah and Charlie, uh, make sure to hit up my Instagram at Broncos Avenue. Um, I'll get a list going, uh, all the uh, guests that want to be on here to talk Broncos football. Um, it was a blast uh, having uh, these guys on today um, just to have, you know, different Broncos fans' perspectives. Obviously, we had different opinions on different topics within the Broncos uh, this season. 
Um, you know, as far as Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, whatever it may be. Um, if you guys uh, enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a rating. Make sure to follow and have notifications on for Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure to tune in to future episodes. We have lots of content coming up uh, within the next few days. We're going to have a preview for um, Denver's Week 6 game against the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday Night Football. The Broncos have their fourth primetime game already in six weeks. Um, pretty crazy. Um, hopefully, you know, Hackett can show out um, and, you know, silence the media, Russ as well. Um, he's battling through that shoulder injury. Um, make sure you guys uh, uh, stay up to date with the episodes. Um, plenty more to come. Hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Until the next one, Broncos country, let's ride.